2: hello welcome everyone to the spotlight i am jeremy lambert i think with me as always steven jensen jensen how you doing buddy
3: i'm doing great man uh weather's pretty good we've been a pretty good week a lot of stuff to talk about in wrestling and i know you were at AEW dynamite last night and i assume that's what has you know this has to do which i'm very ha- i'm very happy to see sting represented right here on the spotlight
1: sting did the sting reveal
2: um uh, dynamite last night and I got a lot of messages about this. I saw Sean tweeted like I've never been so happy for anyone at a wrestling event than Jeremy getting to see the, the sting reveal in person that happened across the section from me. We were on the the hard cam side um, and that happened on the other side, the balcony dive that that sting did literally right in front of us. If everyone uh, goes to the EP's timeline or you can just go to my timeline, I retweeted it, but like, Right in front of us, the Sting balcony dive, which was, was great. We saw, like, the security, like, clearing out when they are coming up. We are like, oh, fuck. Like, he's going to come up here. This is great. And then Sting, the madman, bless him, just did the big balcony dive.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I pop massively from my couch in my living room. So um, every time he does that, you know, just, like, you, know, you see it coming at sometimes, too. Because, like, at first I thought he was going to pop out of the casket. Because, like, when they tried too. to open it, it was like... Uh, you know, they explained that later with the thumbtacks underneath the... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's how they explained it on commentary. It was probably hard to know with
0: being alive.
3: Yeah. But yeah. uh, when when the... When, uh, I can't remember who it was that tried to lift the casket. It might have been... It was Andrade. Oh, when? oh, it was Andrade. Okay. Yeah, Andrade tried um, to lift
2: it. Yeah, and then he, he, like, pinched his finger. And I thought somebody was in the casket. I thought it was going to be Sting as well. But it, it was not... Obviously, we couldn't hear the commentary. So it was not explained that there was a thumbtack. I'm sure if I looked close, I would have seen it. But... I did not see it uh, from our vantage point or I look at the big screen to see it. So that makes sense.
3: Yeah. So, so then when they, uh, when they showed, you know, some random guy in a sting mask, getting kind of close to the action in the crowd wearing, you know, all like a bunch of sweats or whatever, I was like, okay, that's thing right there. And then like, you know, like, you know, he does the thing and he pulls the thing off. But the real reveal
2: was he was wearing a backwards hat. I didn't see that coming.
3: He was, so,
1: That was great. <laughs> that, was, that was
2: great that he had the backwards cap on. All right. I'm going to take this off. But, guys, I'm not, I'm going to pre-warn it. There's no face paint on underneath no. this. All right. So, nobody get super excited. It is it's just me. All right. There you go. So
3: uh, we should have put, we should have had a Stardust it's...
2: mask under your sting mask. And then, like, that was. Like... <laughs> I didn't have enough. I didn't have another sting. Mask. This is like hard plastic, too. Like, these things That's are. That's a nice like... mask. Yeah, these are these are very legit masks. Uh, is that like a I, WCW mask? Like I yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I I got it off eBay. Um I, I got it off eBay when I when I planned to do that bit for the Halloween show the other year. I was like, oh okay, like I gotta get a mask. So I just ordered the mask off of eBay. Um yeah, it was like that that, that bit pretty much uh, defines my career at this point.
3: <laughs> yeah, I that was <laughs> I legitimately like that, like, yeah, that was one of the best moments in Fightful history, in my opinion, was, was, was when you did that reveal and your face was painted like Sting. Like, yeah, that was... Because Sean was, uh, Sean had, like, a Ray Mysterio a mask. Bubble Ray Mysterio. That, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we could do Sting and Cody. That's the closest we're ever going to get to Sting and Cody, is, is me as Sting and you as Stardust, because, you know, they, they were, they interacted in, like, Sting's second show. They interacted and then they just never really got back around round to doing that, unfortunately. One of the
3: biggest what-ifs in AEW history for me is is like because there's so much they could have done there with Cody and Sting, and so much left on the table when Cody left. But that's not that we don't need to get into all of that. i I'm very disappointed. As a as a obviously a very big Cody Rhodes fan and a very big Sting fan, I really wanted to see that match. Maybe we'll still get it, you know, at some point. I mean Sting. Sting lot. I mean, he's out there doing more than anyone ever expected him to be doing at this age. So he's a madman,
2: Sting, an
3: absolute madman. <laughs> yeah, it's funny seeing people like comparing him to New Jack now. It's like just so funny to me. Like, you're like, <laughs> man, he's doing the New Jack spots off the balconies. And it's like, he kind of, I mean, like it, he's doing it in a safer way than New Jack did. But like, yeah, just the fact that like the, that comparison is coming up in 2022 is just like unreal to me.
2: Bless him. He's getting the run and the ending that he absolutely deserves after the way everything happened in WWE. So it was great to see him last night. I was, I mean, we're kind of we'll we'll have our AEW spotlights, but I was at Dynamite last night, uh, the Dynamite and Rampage tapings. I I don't know how it came across on television. Um, in the arena, it was a a very fun show. Uh, a lot to lots to happen on the show about punk and and dustin was was excellent uh dustin is just he's so good even at his age like he the the selling of the leg and everything he's just he's a great professional wrestler and cm punk continues to just have this renaissance in his uh second run here and um i'm trying to think as far as like the the live experience goes we i noticed oh wait that that's a, a rampage spoiler i'm sorry i don't want to spoil i got like, a
3: question for kind of you how, yeah. how did uh how did kyle o'reilly and jungle boy come across live because i like
2: that match a lot and i love seeing kyle win that one it was good it, it was good i don't think the crowd was like super into it um so i don't know how it came across on television but even in the arena like the crowd wasn't like super super hot for it and i can kind of understand why um like o'reilly as a singles guy hasn't been like i think way back when i said him he should have been like the face of nxt when it seemed like they were going to put the title on him and then they just didn't and i don't understand why they didn't and then jungle boy uh he's very over his entrance is very over but as a singles wrestler i don't think he's built up quite the cachet with the with the fans yet and there's just this is a problem with a lot of aew shows is that there's just so much happening that a lot of stuff uh a lot of stuff just doesn't feel as big as maybe it should, or that the promotion like hopes that it does. Um, like there were certain people that like got no reaction that probably they were hoping were going to get a a bigger reaction based on their positioning on the card. Yeah, that makes sense. And also I think the crowd seemed a little surprised
3: that O'Reilly beat Jungle Boy just because O'Reilly had that was his first singles match in the company. Yeah. And like, um now once again, as a big Kyle Riley fan, like I, I've, I've wanted to see, I, I prefer to see him as a singles guy at this point more often. Like you know, I, I loved his run in Ring of Honor, and you know him and that. I've always thought that like, in this, I don't mean this to be like a dig on Bobby Fish, but I've always seen Kyle Riley being more like an Adam Cole level than a Bobby Fish level, if that makes sense. Like I don't see Bobby Fish as like a world champion level wrestler, but I see Kyle Riley as that, and I obviously see Adam Cole as that. um so it's like i want to see kyle doing more single stuff um so i think it's really interesting they got into this tournament cuz i think he can really showcase what he can do and adam cole also uh, made reference to the fact that someone from the undisputed elite is going to win the the tournament is like now it looks like Kyle's going to be that guy who's going to try to make that run for their team so uh so i like i i like the match and i like the finish and everything and it just seemed like the crowd was a little confused by it and maybe not not into it as much as you would you would hope but it's also two guys like you said they don't wrestle singles matches that often so the whole thing the whole thing seems a little strange to do but also one thing you need to check out because i don't know if you've watched back any of the show yet from from last night i haven't okay there at one point excalibur does this ad read for like all the upcoming stuff and he is i've never heard anything like this this guy must have plugged 20 matches in the span of like a minute i mean it was just like him just rattling stuff off and like during it is when the cash and dax uh matchup was like one of like the 20 things he said super super fast and everyone was like wait what was that wait did, did they show ftrs wrestling each other and that's like when the internet blew up there was like tell me i just like and we're gonna talk about that as one of the aw spotlights but you got just for the sake of um y- you you will appreciate this as somebody who broadcasts themselves this ad read was, was fantastic. Like it's, I, I rarely ever point something like that out, but uh, people in the chat, uh, put a one in the chat. If you caught, caught this, it was like a minute long and it was just like,
2: he plugged everything so fast. Like I've never really heard something like that before. When they run through like those matches, they put the graphics up and then, you know, Excalibur just has to go through like, okay, here's every, here's yeah. all these matches coming up on Dynamite and Rampage and stuff. He does these ad reads like very, very quickly. But it sounds like Pause River Finish says imminent mean, Super Speed lyrics. Uh, it sounds like this was even on another level from his usual level. So I will, I'll check that out. Yeah, it was awesome. We, we, we miss obviously commentary stuff. We miss the, uh, the backstage promo with Undisputed Elite. Like we missed that whole thing. I, I have no idea what was said during that with Cole, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Okay, so part of it was what I was just saying with like that they
3: they uh unless that was Cole's because I know Cole had the promo also when they announced the New Japan AEW show. But Cole at one point mentions like someone from the Undisputed Elite is going to run the table and win the Owen uh Owen tournament. Also he was talking about um Basically, it, he was just making it really clear that like he was the leader of like this this faction. It, basically, what it's alluding to to me, regardless of the stuff he was saying, is like it's very clear that when Kenny comes back, like he is going to be going directly after Adam Cole, and and like the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and stuff are going to be having to pick sides. Like the the Young Bucks are clearly not as into this undisputed elite thing as Adam Cole and Red Dragon is. So right. Um, and then he like left them alone to like go make the announcement about the new Japan AEW stuff.
2: Yeah, so. we, we got that. Like that that portion came across loud and clear. But the the Cole thing didn't. Uh, I don't remember what that was. Um, what that followed. I think it was maybe the Guevara segment. But regardless, whatever that segment followed, it it just we just kept hearing the music. Like that's all we kept hearing in the arena was just the music of whatever segment had had just happened um i actually it probably wasn't because the Guevara thing was later in the show get whatever it was all we heard was music the entire time um cody says he was at the show too had a ton of fun sing spots made me pop like it was 10 again fortunately i was burned out by rampage i got the feeling i don't know how the the, it's going to come across on television i don't think any of this is is a spoiler like people kind of know what the the show is uh, but Cargill and Shafir headlines Rampage and there, there ain't much reaction to this match. Uh, and I don't think again. I, everyone knows this match is happening. You're posit- you're putting Marina Shafir in this spot where not a lot of people know her. She has not been really built up that dynamite squash match last week. Wasn't all that great. And yeah, it's a long show. Everybody had just seen, you know, Eddie Kingston wrestle, Adam Cole take on Ishii, Danielson, Moxley, Punk. Fucking Suzuki was on Dark Elevation. Like awesome. we we kind of seen everybody by this point, point. and then you're bringing out Marina Shafir, Britt Baker. Britt Baker got a huge pop being in Pittsburgh, and then the Steelers coming out, and then you're bringing out Marina Shafir to to kind of close the show it went about how you would expect it to go in that instance.
3: Yeah. I will definitely be watching on Friday to see, to see how that
2: goes. Everyone, uh, everyone, and they might pipe in crowd noise. And if they do, then fine. Again, I think WWE does it in a way that it is very noticeable. And that's where I don't, uh i don't always like it with wwe but i'm sure aw does it and i get it it's not it's fine um well i was gonna say something about uh rampage and i completely lost track that's probably not good i maybe it wasn't even rampage maybe it was that Dynamite. Anyway, but i've i've lost where i was going with everything yeah i i heard excalibur did a girls gone wild documentary promo during the brit match which uh certainly well well it was a tv good. it was a tv pro it wasn't like a uh it was like
3: they were showing the graphic for like this documentary that's like starting on on I think on gotcha. TNT. It wasn't like him like comparing something to Girls Gone Wild or something like that. It was like an actual ad read, like for the network for some show that they're airing. Gotcha.
2: Eric, Eric's in the chat. I met him uh last night. Yeah, everyone was dead tired by the time Jade had her match. And it's not even like being tired by that point. It's this is your closing segment after everything. Like I thought Eddie and Garcia Was going to headline Rampage because that the there was you know some finish uh, being in doubt there like Jaden Marina, you kind of know who's winning this match. This this ain't a spoiler alert. Like you kind of know when this match is announced, you kind of know who's winning this match. Where Eddie and Garcia, it's like oh, this could kind of go either way. So I thought Eddie and Garcia were going to uh, be be the main event. So when that that was the co-main, and then when um, Jaden Marina. Where it was the main event, it was like, oh, we've kind of like seen everything we want to see. Here's this match where Jade's a big star, but here's here's this match that you know we kind of know the the finish to and everything. Here's this person who we don't know a ton about. The reaction again is gonna be what it's uh what it's going to be, honestly. Yeah, Virgil was. He was hanging out at concessions. So Cody, we were probably in like the same area. Um, because it was right by the 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 concession and the uh uh 122 is where i ended up sitting but yeah there was people in mind like is that virgil like i'm pretty sure he was just talking to some cops and stuff just chilling but virgil was just there hanging out yeah with jones aw legend you
3: gotta you gotta be careful though when you're on virgil because he'll just start signing stuff and invoicing you for it like without you even <laughs> asking so just uh, beware like he's one of the he's one of the funniest cases of like wrestlers like, at, a, at signings and stuff ever. Obviously, everyone knows the Lonely Virgil stuff, which, by the way, that was started by Sam Roberts. Like, he was the one who created LonelyVirgil.com back in the day. Like, I remember that. Um, but Virgil, it's so funny because, like, people will feel bad because, like, no one will be at his lines. And then, like, you'll go up to him. And he'll just start signing all your stuff. And then it's being like, all right, that's going to be 20. That's going to be 40. And it's like... I didn't even ask.
2: Like, I didn't even ask I was not. I was. I was not about to say anything. I was not about to be like, "I'm the man who wrote the oral history of Soul Train Jones." You probably. Like, what the, <laughs> the fuck is that? Do you remember this interview with Sean Rossat that he's called the worst interview ever in his whole <laughs> <little> career? <laughs> like, huh? Um, mm. Yeah, I was. I, it was just surprising to like see him there, just hanging out. I was in good condition, you know. He's got the the health issues and stuff, so it was good to at least see him out and, uh, you know, out and about and hanging out at, at AEW. Sure. So. Good on him. Uh Tim last asked what's our opinion. And typically we don't talk about dynamite in this level uh but because I was there, yeah, for sure. I don't really have scoops, but I do. I I hung out with Luther for like an hour and a half after the show. Luther, this this madman, I'm all over the place here, but this madman. So we're we're trying to meet up with him after the show and he's like, "I'm going to do a workout." Uh but yeah, we'll we'll hang out for a little bit um by the way congratulations to luther who got married the, uh over the weekend yeah. but he's like i'm gonna do a workout i was like okay we'll, we'll, we'll stop by and just come see you for a little bit and we'll, we'll catch up and everything and then we talked for like two hours and then at 2 a.m he's like well i still got a workout to do i was like what what huh like you're still gonna do your workout And we had a two hour drive ahead of us so i was like all right like have fun with that but this man i assume still did his workout he's in great shape the the goat luther uh he's dieting He's working out all the time. He's on the Jericho program, which you've seen Jericho, how he's kind of transformed himself. So Luther's on now. So there's a scoop for everybody. Uh, Luther, just that's a great guy. Luther, just a very friendly guy. Yeah, that rules. That's, that's, that's great to know.
3: And it's it's cool that he spent so much time with you and then still went to the gym. <laughs> so good for good for that guy. I mean, if he's doing the same thing Jericho is like, even the Jericho haters out there got to give Jericho credit for the shape that he's gotten himself into recently. So like, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of those wrestlers that want to lose some weight or get in better shape, especially at older ages, going to look, look to him. Cause I I remember for years, he was just doing DDP yoga, or at least that's what he was saying. He was like only doing that for a long time. Um, and then of course he put on a lot of that weight, but that was mainly, I think when he went to new Japan, that he just never kind of like took it back off. Um, And then uh yeah so yeah good good for luther And yes he he does seem like a good guy i don't know him to the level you do but he is uh always like liking and like promoting i guess like stuff to fight for and stuff like that i'm always seeing him like hitting the pin the the heart on tweets and whatnot like seems like a
2: good dude so very very friendly guy when people watch um serpensko against lance archer on rampage please Keep a ear out for my cornering of Serpentico. I tried to give him advice from the crowd. I don't know if he if he took it, but I, I was okay. very loud in yelling advice to Serpentico, and maybe that comes across on television. But. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, and somebody asked. Uh, let me let me pull this up. Uh, Tim last says, "What are you guys' opinions on Dante Martin being in these meaningless six and, and ten man tags? You can put literally anyone in those spots. as brother is even part of the match, which is odd. Heard again. I don't know if Darius is heard again. It was very odd. Uh, so like, they go to commercial break, and then all of a sudden, here's Brock Anderson, Lee Moriarty, and Dante Martin getting ready for a six man tag. No, they didn't get like any type of entrance music or anything like that. They were just shuttled out there and they were in the ring. I was excited because I was like, oh shit, we're going to get a Blackpool combat club. Six man. I get to see Brian Danielson wrestle. I'm very happy about this. That was like selfishly. That's all I cared about. The, I did say, I, I sat next to uh Jared Bailey, a fr- friend of the show. Uh, I sat next to him and I did, I, did, I was talking to him. I was like, it's kind of weird to have like Moriarty and Dante in this spot. And even Brock Anderson, like like in this spot. So It was it was very odd that they were part of the part of this and in this position. I don't quite get it. Like they really could have put anybody in this spot. You can say like it's a showcase for these guys, but like Dante has had like a singles run. He did like his showcase was that uh, that 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 match with the Bucks and Omega. Lee has wrestled CM Punk. Like Brock Anderson, sure. Like it's a it's a decent showcase for him, but it's questionable use of like Dante and Lee right now. And I'm not a big fan of it.
3: I agree. Um, but I do think it's possible that there will be some sort of callback to this at
2: some point. Cause I can see Moriarty <coughs> being a part I did, of the group. I did say that to Jared. I was like, yeah, Moriarty. Cause he was like, Oh, Dante could be part of the group. It's like, yeah, it seems like he's doing like tag team stuff, but Moriarty sort of fits, uh, possibly what they want to do. So I agree. Moriarty could be part of that. I, but I, I don't know if I would have done this, though. I really don't.
3: I think Dante is the most head-scratching about it just because of the, the push and run he has had as a singles guy. Like, they could have really done anyone else. I Like I said, with Moriarty, if this eventually leads to him being a part of the group and this is something they can reference is like, you know, because AEW is so good about like long-term stories and callbacks and stuff. Like, they could come back to something like this, maybe a little bit. I I'm, I'm stretching a little bit here, but like, that's, I, I do see Moriarty being a part of the group at some point, like he would be a perfect fit. Um, so I'm just kind of, kind of, you know, trying to put those two things together there, but we have, um, Dante. I feel like Dante is too. And this, by the way, I'm a huge fan of Moriarty and I like what I've seen of Brock Anderson, but like perception wise in AEW, Dante is at a higher level perception wise because of all the things he has accomplished as a singles guy. Um, Lee has been used mainly on like dynamite and rampage and stuff as like he doesn't he doesn't win too often but the fans are like they are starting to get behind him and he's getting yeah. reps in um and Anderson is just like a long a long term play out type situation where like he's we'll, we'll see over time how good he gets but luckily for him like he has a good look and the comparisons with his dad and all that stuff so they're guys they're three guys who have a lot of potential so I I could definitely see why it would have made more sense just to pick like three random people to do this, this type of match, especially, because it wasn't even so much of a showcase. Like they didn't do a, it's not like the other guys got that much in. I mean, this was, this was more of a showcase of the black combat club, like yeah. those three guys, you know? So I, I, I understand uh, fans being a little bit dis- disappointed about uh, who they chose to be in that. I also, like you said, that's a, uh, it is a little interesting about um Darius Martin like is he like why is why haven't we seen him for a second already again like and why would they split the two of them up to have Dante do this if they could just have them doing tag matches right now and stuff so it there there is a lot of questions surrounding this so I and I understand uh I understand why people are asking those questions all
2: right let's get into our actual spotlights and we'll keep it at AEW and still Dynamite related the huge announcement, Tony Khan's tremendous, unique mon- monumental announcement. AW New Japan Forbidden Door. It is happening. The joint show between the two companies. It's going down June 26th in Chicago. Uh it was it was pretty much leaked this week that, that it was gonna happen. I don't have an issue with that. I am personally very excited for this. I think I'm gonna try to make this trip, especially if all out's not gonna be. In Chicago because we wanted to make all out kind of a annual thing. But if that's not going to be in Chicago and this is going to be the big Chicago event, cool. I'll make I'll make this the trip for this. um Look, it's great to see this. When aw first started, they had the ties with New Japan. A lot of the aw talent went, to, or not a lot, but like Moxley and Jericho were the the two biggest names. They went to New Japan and did their bit, major shows. It wasn't until the pandemic that New Japan talent, starting with Kenta, I believe, started coming and being on AEW television. Now, I mean, fuck, Suzuki's wrestling Dark, Ishii's is wrestling uh, Cole on Rampage. It seems like every single week there's a New Japan talent on AEW television. Now they're going to do this joint show, Jensen. It's been rumored for a while. Fans have wanted it since AEW and New Japan have, uh, really since AEW formed and took a lot of top acts from New Japan. What are your thoughts on this? And I guess my biggest question is, what do you see headlining this event?
3: Those are all good questions. So we also got to mention, of course, and this ties in with what you just, which you, your question is, you know, Jay White made the announcement. We've been seeing him pop up everywhere. He's been kind of the key to for, the forbidden door, in my opinion, because of all the different companies he's popped up in. Um, I think that as far as the main event, that's that's so tough because there's so many good options, but if Kenny is ready in time, I want to see Kenny and Jay White. Because, like, they've teased it for a while. Like, Jay White is obviously a part of the Undisputed Elite. Kenny's going to be having issues with that group, I think, from the day he comes back. Like, he's going to come back as a babyface, I think. And he'll they'll eventually do Adam Cole and Kenny Omega. But that's going to be more of, like, an AEW pay-per-view main event level type storyline. I, I think if this New Japan and AEW show, like, is AEW versus... New Japan versus what I'm assuming they're going to do like just company versus company for every match, which is interesting because they're kind of doing that with Capital Collision next month for New Japan. Like they've got yeah. Kingston versus Ishii and Mox versus Tanahashi. So like we're getting a lot of this crossover right now, which is awesome, but my guess, we, there's a lot of options. I want to get your your picks then we can rifle through some more kind of dream matches for this, but I'll go with uh I'll go with Kenny Omega versus Jay White. What about you?
2: I would imagine kenny is going to be back for this show um i don't know what his timeline is i know he's had like a lot of different surgeries and i don't think he's gonna like rush himself back based on the last year he had but my thought process is that kenny is going to be back in some capacity for this show uh it doesn't feel it honestly doesn't feel right if you do this show without kenny omega uh yeah I And then my other thought is, how is this going to be presented? Is it going to be dream matches, which is fine. And it's just like, hey, people want to see these guys wrestle. That's what we're going to do. Or are there going to be storylines at play with this? The fact that Jay White is like, oh, it's about Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite makes me believe there's going to be storylines at play, at least in that aspect. And that's where I think that it could be a... Uh, Kenny Omega Jay White scenario I don't know if that headlines though um, but I do think it's possible we get that match I think a lot of people are going to point to Omega and Ibushi being some type of match whether it's teaming maybe they team against Jay White and Adam Cole like maybe that's that's the route that you go on that and that could be like storyline and sort of dream match type of thing uh, my kind of headlining match I think I assume it was Dave who reported this was uh, that Okada might not be able to, to work this show. Uh, if somebody in the chat has, who actually said this, please, please help me out on that. Um, I just saw the headline. I should have read the article that's on me, um, but I'm going to look, Dave, Dave's been wrong about stuff before. He said Okada was going to be part of AEW at some point and work an AEW match last year. That obviously never happened. So I'm going to assume everybody's at play here and that I, Everybody is available. I'm headlining this show with, I don't think you can do Punk and Okada because I think Punk's going to be the champion by this point. I think he beats Hangman at double or nothing. Chicago, United Center, CM Punk's got to have a pretty big spot on this card. I don't think you can do Punk and Okada because I don't know if you do champion versus champion, who's going to win. Like that. That's when politics and stuff come into play. And I don't know how much they, they want to get into that. I'm headlining this card, Punk and Danielson, Okada Tanahashi. That's what I'm
0: headlining with.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's massive.
3: And with it being in Chicago, like, I mean, if they did Punk and Okada, that would be insanely massive in title versus title. But the politics is what I think you're worried about with, with like booking certain certain stuff because like th- that's what that's what's going to be the most interesting thing about this show like in hindsight after it happens it's like how much politics was involved to like i'm just hoping that we don't get a scenario where there's like not a bunch of clean finishes and stuff because like new japan's got to protect their guys and aw's got to protect their guys and like, like i'm just hoping we get just like straight up matches winners and losers like i think we um, will
2: i really do yeah. think we will because i mean We've seen, depending on the matchup, like Suzuki's lost plenty on AEW yeah. television. Ishii, uh, you know, he's 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 about to wrestle, um, and he's he they won that tag match, I think, when when Ishii did the, did the tag match. But yeah, Suzuki has lost; they they have no problem like losing uh, to these guys, and, and you know, putting putting guys over. Depending on who it is, I tip of the top of the card is where I'm kind of worried about of. I don't know if you can do champion versus champion, even if you're not unifying the titles or anything. Punk and Okada, who wins, who loses that? That's why I think it's just easier to do a tag match. You don't have to pin either champion. You can you can pin Tanahashi. His spot's protected. He's fine losing to CM Punk, I'm sure. Danielson, he definitely don't give a shit if he loses. He's like, sure, you want me to lose to Hiroshi Tanahashi? I'm sure Danielson has no problem with anything like that. That's why I think you probably better off doing something like that than hey champion versus champion type of deal because that's when it can be a little bit muddy of who's going to win and where the politics come into play
3: yeah yeah i think i think that that all makes a lot
2: of sense um
3: yeah and then other stuff you know i'm thinking and it's gonna involve a lot of the same people but like hangman whether he's a champion or not i'd like to see hangman and abushi um, I'd like to see Hangman and Jay White again. I remember that match from uh, that was a New Japan show in the U.S. years back, and I remember that being one of the one of the matches where I really started seeing Hangman as like hitting the next level. Um, I remember at the time I was writing for Sided. and I remember writing like a whole article about like Hangman Page is going to be like this major main event world champion. Like I'd never saw it before this, but like after this match with Jay White, like I'm seeing it now, kind of stuff. And like, um, so I'd like to see them run it back. Um, but there, yeah, there's so many good options, tag team matches. Like, I mean, FTR versus God or something like that. I mean, like there's so many young bucks are going to, you know, are going to be involved. Red dragon will probably be involved. Like there's, there's so many good options, but as far as like main event, I think you, like I said, it's either going to be, with <coughs> it being in Chicago, it would make sense for CM Punk to be in the main event, but at the same time, like he doesn't necessarily have to be in the main event. He could, could be the co-main The people are already there. I think that Kenny Omega, should probably be in the main event if this is like his first pay-per-view back. But I, uh, the good thing is these are all good options. Like I'm not going to be upset with any, any of these scenarios. Like, and I'm just happy that this company is doing, or that the two companies are doing this show. Like this is what the fan base wants and they're getting it done. I mean, this is, we should all be very happy as fans, as, as wrestling fans that like, we're getting a show like this in 2022.
2: And, you know, when AEW first started, it seemed possible, but it was a very much a one-way relationship. And the fact that they're now going to come together and, and do this show, it's great. It, it's, it's great for the hardcore fans. We're going to see some, even if we don't get the one-on-one dream matches that maybe we were hoping for, I think we're going to see some dream interactions that, that, we, that we've long hoped for. So I love it. Uh, I think New Japan, it makes New Japan feel hotter, so it lifts their business as well. It, AEW is in a a sort of a weird position. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but because they do this kind of stuff, it can muddy their own television, and they have so many people they already need to focus on, that bringing in like New Japan people and stuff, it it doesn't get confusing because we know who the new Japan people are, but I can see how a, the casual viewer could be like, okay, who's this new Japan guy? What are they doing? Are they going to come back and everything? Where is, you know, where, where's, where is Dante Martin? I've, I've invested in him. Why is he now wrestling in this random six man match? Like, why do I care that Adam Cole is going to wrestle Ishii? Like I'm invested in Dante Martin. So I can see where it can muddy things a little bit, like there like that but if you're a hardcore fan and you just love great matches and you just want to see the best guys wrestle the best guys that's what you're getting with with this show
3: sure and and to be completely honest like and i don't mean for this to sound like being a jerk or anything but i i don't personally care at all about the perception of the casual viewer because like that isn't me like i i just want i want as a wrestling fan I <laughs> steven want to jensen I says
2: fuck the casual fan that's what we have learned here today
3: well my thing is like if you're diving into something you don't know a whole lot about you're going to be a casual viewer if you keep if you stick with it you'll eventually become like a uh a hardcore fan or more of a fan or whatever it is like i'm not that concerned about people that like have only watched wrestling for a few weeks or a few months as much as i'm concerned about people that have watched it for you know decades like we have you know what i mean like there's plenty of other companies like if you want to be a casual viewer and jump in for your first time watching wrestling go watch WWE raw because they will recap the show before it starts they'll give you video packages between everything you can jump into any of those shows because they're constantly re-explaining what's happening on the show because they're treating it like it's the first time you've ever watched it um when you watch AEW, you need to come in with the mindset of like you might not get everything and that's okay like if you don't get cm punk's throwback entrance and theme song at the last pay-per-view that's not like, like I loved it. Lo- we all, the other fans like me loved it. Like if you didn't get it, sorry, like keep watching the show. And like the next time something cool happens, that's a callback to something. When you started watching wrestling, it'll be, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, stuff that you just started watching, you'll be in that same position. You know, like it's, uh, you know, like I don't have anything against the casual audience. Like I want everyone to watch wrestling and enjoy it, but it's like, I'm not concerned. When I watch TV. I'm not concerned about like, do the fans know this person or not? When like Nick Gage shows up and like half the fans are like, who is this? So I don't know who this is. I'm like, it's Nick Gage. Oh my God. Let's go MDK. So it's like, I'm having a, I'm having a blast. I don't really care if you don't get it or not. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that's just, uh, that's just my own personal opinion. Um, you know, and I see a lot of casual fans get really upset about AEW. And I think that's the reason is because they don't watch it that often. So they get really confused, and they their their own wrestling fandom starts coming into question in their own mind, and they're like, "If I don't understand it, then it isn't good." Said, no, if you don't understand it, it's just because you don't watch this that often. Like, very simple.
2: So. Say Steven Jensen, say "fuck the casual fan."
3: I won't say that because I don't because I don't really <laughs> believe that, but I, but I am saying like, why like why should I care about? Really, at, a, at at the end of the day, why should I care about anyone else's opinion on pro wrestling but my own? Like when it comes to like me being a fan,
2: that's fair. I, I completely agree with that. You see all these, you know, a lot of people like to take Meltzer's word as his ratings as gospel, and Booker T's got an opinion about everything. It's like, I don't care what he rates this match. Did I enjoy it? Sure. I don't care what Booker T thinks about exactly. this thing just because he was in the business. So I completely agree with you on that. My argument with the the casual fan is I think there's a big difference between CM Punk doing an Easter egg uh gear throwback roh gear and hey here's jay white wrestling who you don't really know and where has dante martin been why is he in this random six-man tag team match i think there is a difference there because you're asking people to invest in these p in certain people on your television that fans have been watching and then as you try to get invested in them uh they, they bring in somebody who you might not know, and then maybe you got to learn the history. And look, that's on you to learn the history. I do think AEW does a good job, especially as Caliber, of explaining like, hey, here's this person. Here's why you should be invested in them. Here's why they're important to all of this. But I can understand why somebody who has just only watched AEW is like, I don't care about Ishii. Where is Lee Moriarty, who had this great match with CM Punk? Why is he now in this random six-man team? Where is this? I mean, Brock, not Brock Anderson. Uh, Arn Anderson has said as much about investing in that. Where is FTR this week? They're gonna be on the show next week, which is great. Where is Thunder Rosa this week? I can see that bit. Where is Ruby Soho been? I can see where that can be like an issue of like, oh, this person is coming in and bumping down other people on the card that maybe you have gotten invested in through AEW television. But sure. also, fuck the casual fan. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: No, I I totally hear
3: what you're saying. I just just it just isn't it just isn't a concern of mine like for me personally um you know in all honesty the only issue the only concern i have about casual viewership whatsoever is just making sure enough people are watching the show so the show doesn't go off there that's
2: honestly all i care about yeah like, and i think at this point that it's pretty secure exactly um, exactly which which is great and you know that's what what matters i never get caught up in ratings and anything like that if they're going up great it seems like it's at one point but the year to year seems to be good which is the the main thing as long as these shows and these companies ain't going out of business then i don't care how many people are, are really watching look impact's been around for for five million years it's going to outlive all of us uh and it's always just going to do the same hundred thousand and that's fine as long as it does go out of business as long as people got places place to work and we got stuff to talk about fantastic Exactly. Uh speaking of Dax and Cash, who were not on the show last night, but your spotlight this week is that they're gonna wrestle each other in the own Hart tournament next week. I assume you've seen the speculation on this, Steven Jensen. Yes, I have. And I saw this this chat. I gotta point this out real quick.
3: I gotta pull this up on the screen. I don't <laughs> care about anyone else. <laughs> selfish Jensen. Yeah, selfish. I'll tell ta- I'll tell ta- you about selfish. There's there's literally like a thousand wrestling companies. Anyone can watch right now. Like if you don't like what a company is doing, go watch another company. I mean, it's so easy. Um, but uh, yeah, the FTR wrestling each other is my, uh, is my spotlight for AEW this week, which like I said, when Excalibur was like just going, plugging just like 20 matches at a minute at super high speed and very, very impressive fashion, the whole internet all collectively at one time, it was like, um, what was the movie what was it called was it the interview where it was like seth rogan and like Emin, Franco? yeah and eminem like comes out as gay but like does it as he's like he's like yeah. listing a bunch of stuff and they're all yeah. like wait a second did he just did he just come out on our show like they're all like <laughs> like because like, like, he said it so casually like while he was saying all this other stuff it was like that because it was like Wait, did they just say that FTR is wrestling each other? Wait, wait a second. Wait, wait. wait we we hit this glance right past that, um, and uh, they made a couple more references to it, uh, you know, throughout Dynamite before the end of the show. But I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is a this is a match that I don't think we've ever seen before. I can't remember ever seeing these two guys wrestle each other, and the fact I that they're such, seen. yeah, and the fact that they're they're such huge Bret Hart fans, and obviously this tournament means a lot to them with it being Owen and everything. Like this is it kind of makes perfect sense for them to finally have this one-on-one match to you know for this tournament and i mean i think most people are expecting dax to win at least i am because that's who has shined more as a singles guy but i'm not counting out cash either you know what i mean like I, I i really don't know what to expect out of this but i think these guys have probably saved a lot of stuff for this exact moment where they're like if we ever wrestled each other we have all these all these cool ideas for for when we finally do it and I'm really, really looking forward to, to them having a match, and hopefully they give it time. I want to see a good like 15 minute
2: match between these two and see what they can do against each other. I think it's going to be awesome. I imagine they they will get time. Most of, like Jungle Boy and Kyle O'Reilly got time last night, and the squash own heart cup tournament matches have been you know they've they've been squashes. But I mean, I feel like Baker and uh, the Van got plenty of time last night, probably more time than than should have. Um, and look, that's not to say. Women's wrestling shouldn't have more time, they should just have more matches. But we knew that match was kind of never in doubt of who was winning, and it probably did not need to go as long as it did, especially Daniel Cameo did not look too great in that match. Uh, for being honest about things. Um, yeah, they're gonna be watching own versus Brett tapes all week. Probably true. The speculation around this match is a Bret Hart appearance that he comes out at the end. He does the the Davey Owen, why are you guys wrestling each other? They're trying to pitch you against each other. A little bit different because I don't think Dax and Cash are actually like against each other. This seems more of like a match about respect than I'm fed up with this person. But Brett can twist it into a different way. But it is the Brett and, yeah, the uh, 10 Count Wrestling says it reminds me of Bulldog and Owen. That's sort of what it is. And people think Brett is going to show up. Are you one of those people who think we get a Bret Hart appearance and this is how he aligns with FTR?
3: I think it makes all the sense in the world. And I also think that isn't a coincidence that CM Punk wore uh, pink and black last night either. Like, I think that's where they're heading eventually is like a group where Bret Hart's like kind of like the lead, like the manager of of the group. And I think we're going to get FTR and Punk like with him.
2: I'm for it. I'm for FTR and Punk. I mean, they, they clearly like working with each other. They all love Brett. And if you get Brett Hart there, it's going to be a tremendous pop. I will be bold and I will say Brett Hart will appear on Dynamite next week. And I'm strongly. Where are. That's the thing, Eighth Shock. Are Brett and Martha on speaking turns. It doesn't seem so based on kind of recent comments when uh, this the Own Heart Cup uh, Foundation and AEW uh, first partnered. It didn't seem like they were on the greatest of terms. So that is the concern is, does she want Brett involved in this capacity? Does Brett want to be involved in this capacity? I would think for Owen, they would just come to some type of mutual thing and they, they, they'll they work it out. They'll figure it out. It's not like Martha's at any of the shows. You know, She's going to be a double or nothing to present the, the winners with the cup and everything, but she she's not coming to these shows every week or anything. I would hope, that they, they figured out for, for the sake of Owen. But that is the big sort of uh, cloud over this is how do they feel about each other and would they want to work together in this uh, capacity?
3: Yeah. Um, that That's that's the big question. Because I also saw something really interesting about um, like David Vixen's band was tweeting about it like just yesterday, I want to say, and he brought up some points that I think need to be made. Like, in, in the way that he put it, I don't know if I... come. I, I shouldn't say... I don't, I definitely don't disagree with what he was saying. But it's something where, like, the way he worded it, it wasn't... He basically said, like, nobody in WWE is holding the rights to Owen Hart hostage. Um, which I think is true, but, like, it's true and it isn't. It depends on the kind of how you look at it. But, like, Martha, that's the key to all of this, right? Like, for what, what they can and can't do. But, like, WWE can do this without her permission. Like, they can put out as much Owen Hart stuff as they want to. Because I think they still own the rights to, like, all of his, like, I think most of his pre WWE stuff, all of his WWE stuff, like, they could put him in the video games, they could put him in the Hall of Fame, they could do all these things, they just don't want the backlash from Martha, because Martha will, you know, probably attempt to, like, sue the company and stuff over it, and, you know, um and once again, I'm not saying, like, who's right or wrong, I mean, I obviously side with Martha in most of these scenarios, like, I I can't imagine what she went through when, when Owen... know past and and especially the way the WWE treated it where they had her like do like that live interview which like has aged really poorly if you watch it now like seeing them make make her do that interview on screen and stuff right after so like i i get where she's coming from um but then she also had a falling out with the Hart family as well so it's like i don't it's it's hard it's hard for me to have a real opinion on it because like i can't put myself in her shoes and i also like you, you, you would, you would, you would think and hope that Brett would have as much of the say as she did. I mean, it was they were brothers. Like you know what I mean. Like Brett, I feel like Brett should, his wishes should should matter a lot too. Like if Brett wants Owen in the WWE Hall of Fame, for instance, like I think that that matters to me just as much as Martha wanting him not in. You know what I mean? So it's, but that's just me as a fan from the outside looking in. I don't know, I don't know the intricacies of like their family's relationship and stuff like that. So it's just hard it's 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 just it's a really sad difficult spot for everybody to be in but um i think it would be great if brett and martha were on good terms and obviously jericho and martha are to some degree because i think he facilitated most of this uh, yeah. after they did dark side of the ring and stuff so like um and know also by the way he's the one who put out the hand to to david Benoit too i mean when like everyone he's like persona non grata in wrestling because of being chris's son and like jericho went out there and like you know, he's doing stuff behind the scenes that people don't give enough appreciation to, I think. And I think that this Owen Hart tournament has a lot to do with him mending a lot of bridges with with Martha and the wrestling you know business in, in general. So, but yeah, I guess the, the short of it would be, I really hope that Martha and Brett are on good terms and that Martha and Brett are both at this thing together and they can just kind of move forward together as being a part of AEW and kind of just like, if they want, if they don't want to have, have anything to do with the WWE and Vince McMahon Jr. because of what, happen with Owen, they don't have to anymore because like now there is a place in, in aew that they, they can do the things that they want to do to preserve his legacy. So we'll just'll we'll just kind of we'll just see how it all kind of unfolds you know throughout this tournament and stuff.
2: I, I think it, if Brett shows up, I hope that whatever heat is between them can just subside for for the sake of Owen and this tournament. And, and his legacy, because I think wrestling fans want Brett in AEW with FTR and potentially CM Punk. Obviously, wrestling fans want this Owen Hart tournament, and they they love honoring his legacy in this way. And, I mean, that's, that's what you got to put aside for the, the actual fans of wrestling, as long as it's not doing anything bad to Owen, which I think they all want to honor Owen in, in the right way. So, whatever it is, I hope... They, they can work it out to where this happens. And look, if Brett doesn't show up on AEW television, I'm not going to be like, well, the Martha is clearly keeping him out either. Right. Maybe it's just a thing that yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah. So we don't need to, to get that started, started either. Just do, do whatever they feel is best for Owen. If they're on opposite sides of what they feel is best for Owen, that sucks. But that is, you know, that's, that's a brother. that That's a, a husband. So however they, they want to proceed with that is, is their own business. Not for me to really speculate or or comment on, honestly.
3: Exactly. But also I do want to just throw out like, you know, Bret Hart, people forget he was the one that introduced the AW world championship title belt and everything. Like, I mean, this is someone who clearly is on some sort of good terms with the company. So like you would, you would think there really wouldn't be any hurdles, but once again, we don't, for all we know, Brett just doesn't want to be involved. Like if he doesn't show up, it could be completely because he just happy being at home. I mean, with Vince wife. is
2: like, here you go. Here's $5 million. <laughs> right? So don't, don't show up over there. Come to Saudi and just wave to the crowd.
3: Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, after all these comments from wrestlers, like CM Punk and stuff about like specifically about that, like Brett Hart, That should be Bret Hart's money, and that's true to a lot of. I mean, I don't think that like any of these wrestlers necessarily should have to like go out of pocket and like give Bret Hart their money, but like I would have no problem with WWE giving him a big check and being like, "You never got to see this kind of Saudi money that we get to see, and you deserve you deserve some some of this, you know." Um,
2: But yeah, we there. It's uh, it's all just a lot of speculation. Bret's gonna that vince is gonna boot goldberg out of the hall of fame just to ensure brett is on his side. He's like what do you want brett and Brett's like get goldberg the fuck out of this hall do you know how many people goldberg injured i never injured anybody in my career brooklyn brawler barry horowitz they never in- injured anybody goldberg he injured everybody okay he injured everybody get him out of the hall of fame vince is like sure Get, get Goldberg out of the Hall of Fame. Brett can come to his spot. Yes, I am in the AEW video game. So is Cody, and so is uh Jared Bailey. We're all in the video game. We have, we're have we all elite. We have verbal contracts with Tony Khan. So technically, I don't think I'm getting paid. I got to see where my check is from Tony. He's, he's late <laughs> yeah, this on my cash. Um, But yeah, Dax and Cash should be a great match. We will see if Bret Hart shows up. I was Googling to see how long the drive is because I would like to see Bret Hart uh, make his appearance It's six hours. I don't know if I could pull a six-hour drive on a potential Bret Hart appearance. If this was a guaranteed Bret Hart appearance, I'd probably, probably do it. Uh, But a potential one, drive six hours, not show up, uh, that would be (laughs) be a lot lot to go through for a non-Bret Hart appearance. But the girlfriend was like, we got to go to AW next week. She's like, I'm going to be so pissed if we're here this week and then Brett's there next week. She's, she's probably going to fight Tony on the spot. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? And she's like, how far is it? I'm like, I don't know. I'll check and So six hours. Oh, that'd be tough to pull. Let's move to, to WWE. Jensen, my spotlight this week is Edge and his judgment with Damian Priest. Did you watch this promo from Raw where he is sitting on his throne and basically cutting a spooky You People promo? And... It, you know, I had to beg for a WrestleMania match, how people have forgotten what I have done the past two years, everything I've done for them. He's turning off flickering the lights on, on AJ. This is awful. Just awful, awful stuff. I hate to feel like I'm just bearing Edge all the time on this show. I'm sorry you didn't choose me as your opponent, Edge. You know, I'm sorry that didn't happen. I like the idea of Edge leading a stable. I like anything that's going to get Damian Priest more time. You know, Fightful reported that Rhea Ripley and Tommaso's Champa could could be part of this stable. That would be a great like that. That's a cool stable. I like all of this stuff. This stuff is not for me, and I don't know who it is actually for. Yeah, Edge responded to to, to Brody King. in in this in this little promo brody king was like oh like it's this wish version and it's like oh it's just jokes i said that i don't like house of black stuff is for me not i don't think i know like the house of black stuff is isn't for me so this stuff definitely isn't for me i think edge could be doing better work i'm sure this is his idea this is what he wants to do i think he could do the same stable i don't need this fucking spooky nonsense and flickering the lights on and off on AJ and let's dim the lights and do purple lights. And let me sit on the throne while I also talk about and try to use big words and everything. I don't like it. Knock it off edge.
3: Yeah. Um, so I did watch the promo, um, based on your recommendation. So I did not watch raw, but I did watch this promo. I think it's the only thing I saw on raw outside of like just seeing that Cody and Owens was a count out. I saw that. Um, Okay, so uh, another big part of this promo that he, that he left out is him explaining that the reason Damian Priest is aligned with him is basically because like he should have gotten more uh, love for the Bad Bunny match. Like sure. like, that, like, his, like, that was his thing. He was like, you don't even talk about how fantastic Damian Priest was in that Bad Bunny match. And then he couldn't even get a match on WrestleMania this year. And it's like, okay, is that why he's wearing cat eyes? right now like i don't know what's going on see like, like
2: this is i'm fine with the like basis of edge's argument here but i don't need this spooky goth shit knock that off <laughs> yeah
3: yeah i tweeted something another week when i saw the the contacts they were wearing it, it looks like an always sunny the the night man cometh the, <laughs> where max wearing the cat eyes and they're going for gasps like they want gasps from the crowd but everyone's laughing like that's kind of how this feels Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, and also Edge was talking about, like, this side of me has been suppressed ever since, you know, but it's remember me back in the brood. And it's like, yeah, I do,
2: because I'm in my 30s. But like the
3: the eight year olds watching the show, don't
2: he's he's been wanting to do this. Really, since Summerslam, when he did the the brood bath on Rollins, and then he did the brood entrance at Summerslam, he's been wanting to do this brood goth shit ever since then. He did the the brood bath again against the Miz. Did they do the brood entrance at Mania uh, or not Mania uh, at Rumble? Him and Beth, like I, I can't recall. But um, I know he did that one pay per view. Like he did it at before SummerSlam. Before the Altar Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was cool. He, that was yeah, cool. he did it at SummerSlam. Uh, he's been wanting to do this Brood goth stuff. It's like, look, I like the Brood. It was cool. I think we, we fantasize uh, or romanticize the Brood and like how big they actually were as like an act. Like, it was cool, but Edge and Christian got over like being Edge and Christian. And then Edge got more over being like rated R superstar kind of stuff like the brood stuff was like just a cool act during the attitude era and during that time like everything was kind of a cool act during the attitude era um but yeah i think fans kind of romanticized the brood a little bit more than what they sort of actually meant in the wrestling world and just leave leave this goth shit out of my wrestling all right i don't want any of it when it's
3: like, if you're going to do this, like where's gangrel, like at least have him show up and do something that has
2: to do. With I feel this. like he's going to appear at some point. He, he I has. I really
3: mean, he's still out there wrestling on the Indies. It's not like this guy like is unavailable. Like he's totally, I do not know there was this, the rumor that he was supposed to pop up an AEW, like around the time that edge started like redoing this gimmick. And they yeah. wound up not, they were up scrapping as they didn't want it to look too much. Like they were just like kind of copying each other. But I, uh, I mean, yeah, and it's, and they can't even do the bloodbaths anymore. They only have to call them a brood bath, right? And it's like black and not red, which it just—I'm not. Yeah, I, 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 don't know. Let me put it this way: when Edge returned to wrestling a couple of years ago after taking like almost a decade off, this is definitely not what I was
2: expecting to see. So, <laughs> uh, his his run has been—it's been something. I like the Seth stuff. I thought the Seth stuff was very good. I thought the AJ stuff could have been good until it's dove into this nonsense. Um, the Orton, like uh, the Orton match, was the the best mat wrestling match ever. Was fine. The Roman stuff was. It, that's when he became a little bitch, and that's when I, I stopped like kind of caring about Edge. And then he didn't answer my open challenge, so he became a bigger bitch. Uh, yeah he ducked you man he ducked you big time for wrestlemania i would have, I would have ended his career like that's why i chose aj aj wasn't going to end his career i was going to end his career kicking him in the head breaking his neck again it's been it's been a run That that's the best i was never the biggest edge guy in the first place so i probably wasn't as hyped as most people were about it it's this stuff just it's not for me Alright, it's just it's not for me. None of this spooky stuff in any company is for me unless you're lucha underground and you can like get away with it because that is like sort of your universe. That that makes it a little bit more acceptable for me. Every other company that tries to do this, not my cup of tea. And Edge trying to do this and everything. I I think it'll be like. A stable of Edge, Tommaso Ciampa, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest sounds very cool to me. Doing this kind of stuff is stuff I'm probably not going to watch.
3: Yeah, yeah, and they're gonna—they'll probably change their names too. Like maybe Rhea Ripley will stay because like she's been using that for as long as she has, like on Raw. Um, but maybe they'll just change it to—they're all gonna—they're
2: all gonna shorten their names. So we got Edge. Yeah. Damian Priest is just gonna become Priest. Uh, yeah. Ripley should become like just Rip would be funny. the Rip. Yeah, I think Booker T calls her uh, Rip. The Rip <laughs> Ripper. Ripley is going to become Ripper, and Ciampa is going to be Executioner. All right, he's going to be Tommy. No, nah, he's at, He's going to go. Champ. He's going to full. He's going to go full. He's going to be Executioner because they keep talking about like Judge Jury. Like you got to pre. Like mm. he's going to be Executioner. All right, okay. that's they can that's repurpose.
3: They could repurpose carrying uh, uh, Cross's suit to, oh to Tommaso Ciampa because they didn't oh get to boy. use that a whole lot. So Chomps. Cody
2: says chomps.
3: Chomps, chomps and a ripper. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This definitely isn't for me either. Um, AJ, well, boy, oh boy, does he deserve better. That guy's still performing at, like, an insanely high level. I, I still that love may, AJ
2: Styles. That Mania match wasn't good either. Just no, to, I know, but that's not on AJ. Like, no, yeah. no, it's <laughs> Edge. Edge wanted to do his Triple H tribute, and yeah. that's that's what happened. I love AJ. I I wish he would not have to
0: go. What the lights? <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful.
2: <laughs> what just happened with the lights? I wish wish you wouldn't have to do all that nonsense. <sighs> Jensen, you're WWE Spotlight this
3: week i'm trying to remember what i chose this week (laughs) what did i choose this week
2: WWE unifying the tag team titles That's right that's right right,
3: right. i'm now i'm thinking about uh you know zombie battle royals and stuff because like you know you know talking about edge that's right WWE uh tag team titles being unified that that is what i chose this week um so it's going to be rk bro versus usos that's going to be at wrestlemania backlash Obviously, I mean, it looks like they're going to unify all the titles, right? Like eventually we're going to see the U.S. and Intercontinental
2: title get unified and so on and so forth. I don't know. I don't feel like they're going that way. I don't think the women's title is going to be unified either. This just feels like they did it for the, the men's title. And now because the Usos have the tag titles and they're out of like tag teams. Roman's just like, hey, let's go and unify the tag team titles. And the Usos are like, ah, sure. This is what we're going to do. I don't feel like we're going to see full-on unification.
3: Yeah, maybe. I feel like we will, though. I don't know. Like, I I just feel like it's weird to like start unifying the men's titles and then not do it with the women's titles.
2: Like, this company I, doesn't know what they're doing. They're oh, I, I agree. Week to week. And just like, what, what can we throw in a pay-per-view that feels like it's going to sell some tickets?
3: I mean, to be fair, I have no idea who the women's tag team champions are on the WWE. Well, you know, I do. No, I do. it's a Sasha and Naomi, right? They just won yes. it at WrestleMania. Okay, so I did. I don't know who was who was before them, but I know it's them currently. It was um, Zelina and
2: Carmella. Steve oh, there you, Jensen. Go.
3: there you go. Um, But but anyway, I think the Usos versus RK Bro is going to be a really good match. Like, I I am looking forward to it. Um, and I, my real question is, who wins? Like, do you do the story where the Usos win this and like they like? like Roman is even more proud of them and the bloodline is even stronger or do they lose? And like Roman like really starts giving it to those dudes for being losers and not having titles. Cause cause he's upset that they only have one set of titles right now. And he wants them to have, he's not okay with them just being the champions. They are like, yes, they have to be super champions, double champions, but if they can't accomplish that, like, is that the story we're heading to like that? They can't get the job done. So Roman starts like really berating those guys or do they get the job done? And also is there going to ever be a split of RK bro? Cause I feel like people have been waiting for that since like the group formed. but now they just seem to just be just, they're just a tag team now. Like I don't think people really expecting them to like really turn anytime soon. Cause they seem like they're actually just doing their thing as a tag team right now.
2: I think the Usos win the titles and the bloodline becomes stronger. And my reasoning is we've kind of already seen like Roman against the Usos and getting agitated At the Usos, like he did the whole storyline with Jay. Jimmy came back, got involved. They tried to get him on side. Jimmy finally acknowledged Roman and everything. I don't need to see this story again of like, I'm disappointed in you guys. You guys let the family down. I got to feed everybody. Like, you guys are riding off of me. I saw that. It was a year ago. They probably forgot that that happened, but I don't need to see that shit again. Okay. I like the. The bloodline becoming stronger and becoming this faction of like all right who is going to just beat these guys because when you build up guys like this when they eventually lose if they eventually lose it should mean something i think it will with roman i don't know if it will with the usos but my point of all of this is it's going to spin into a roman or in riddle type of feud because they don't care about wins and losses and stuff. So RK bro can lose the titles to the Usos, but then you can still do a Randy and Roman feud. You could still do a Randy or a riddle and Roman feud. And that is how you do that. I don't know who's challenging Roman at this point. I know people have said Drew. It seems like he might be next in line. I feel like you've got a little, because Drew might be like SummerSlam or the UK show. It feels like you've got a little while until Drew. You need stuff to fill until then. Everyone still loves Orton. Riddle's getting over because he's associated with Orton. Like, I think you're going to get uh, Roman, Randy, because we haven't seen this version of Roman against this version of Randy. We haven't seen this version of Roman against this version of Riddle. I think that's where this is all heading. That's got to start. I assume with the Usos losing or or winning these titles and becoming stronger because the best way to get a title shot is just to lose matches. I guess technically it could be RK-Bro win. And then Roman's just like fuck it, I'll do it myself, and he's just gonna hold the the tag. Oh, I completely forgot about that Nakamura stuff. Well, after yeah. WrestleMania Backlash, is, is it does seem like Nakamura is gonna be WrestleMania Backlash after WrestleMania Backlash though? They can spin off into that. Um, but I guess Roman should be like, oh fuck it, I'll just beat both of you and I'll have the all the world titles and all the tag team titles. But I don't need Roman. I'm disappointed in you guys. You guys let me down. Nonsense again. Don't do that. Just don't.
3: Yeah. Yeah and and your timeline could still work because like the match between the Usos and RK Bros is happening at WrestleMania Backlash and yeah. it would be Nakamura and Roman at WrestleMania Backlash so like everything coming out of that could lead to exactly what you're saying which I I like the idea of all that to be honest I really want to see uh Riddle and in uh Roman one on one and like let let them have like some time and like let R- Riddle like really try to get over as like a singles guy um and then you can always do roman and and uh orton i mean the star power is always going to be there with randy orton to to at least some degree with the ww universe i mean he's, he's he's got enough credibility that he could always be in the world title mix or where really wherever um i like that idea so yeah i'm, I'm leaning towards the usos as well just for what it's worth like i think the usos will will uh defeat rk bro and uh but i hadn't thought about that leading to riddle and orton getting in the world title mix with uh roman but i do like that idea a lot that you brought up
2: Ten Count wrestling says do roman riddle orton at money in the bank to set up the rk bro split i don't know if you're gonna set up the rk bro split but maybe it seems like they're both having fun with that it did seem like it was just gonna be it's gonna happen last year and then you're like oh well, they're gonna hold it off to mania It's obviously still going, but Money in the Bank is a stadium show in Vegas, so you need kind of a big match to sell that. Roman is probably going to be on top. I don't know if you're bringing back anybody for that pay-per-view, but people love Orton and Riddle's getting over. I think you can headline that with the the Money in the Bank matches and everything. I'm sure Rousey will be on the card and stuff, so I think that is a a fine headline for, for Money in the Bank. So that's Kind of what I would do if if I had the the pencil, which I don't, but I should. Uh, I would probably do a Roman and Randy program because I think a Roman and Randy program would be really fun. Yep. You know, Randy Legend Killer. I mean, he hasn't done that in a while, but Roman's a legend right now. Like he's he's peaking right now, and this run is like just peak wrestling world title run. So Randy, harkening back to Legend Killer days of like, I'm gonna end this Tribal Chief nonsense and bring that down riddle kind of playing second fiddle to all of that i think there's a good story good story there do that story don't do roman being disappointed in the usos again uh ginger day says just want to say thanks guys uh appreciate the the content and your time thanks man i appreciate you we appreciate you hey guys you can leave a, a super chat or humper chat i should probably do a better job promoting that stuff but Get your question, comment, statement read on air, even though we read a lot of question, comments, and statements read on air. Because we like to be interactive with you guys. We love the live chat. And uh, even though now the, I won't bury the chat anymore. We love the live chat. We love hearing what you guys have to say, talking talking to you guys and in, uh, in your opinions on stuff. But if you would like to support us, you can uh, leave us super chats and, and helper chats. Yes.
3: And also shout out, uh, since we were talking about RK Bro, a cool t-shirt came out yesterday. <laughs> Did yeah. you get it? Stephen no, Jensen, I, I didn't, but I did see Sean Rossap's uh, article about, yeah. or his uh, his news that we had, we had talked about that on here before a little bit, um, but yeah, I see why he released that news yesterday about the WWE uh, no longer really drug testing people for THC, which you know that's full disclosure. I don't know why anybody tests for that anywhere anymore, you know, but it just. <laughs> But so you know, the WWE doesn't, so that's that's cool. Um, and then they released that that shirt, that whole uh, uh, RK Bro four twenty. I just smoked your ass shirt, which is obviously a callback to Rob Van Dam's old like ECW merch and stuff. So I I thought it was cool that they put that out, and it's also interesting for a PG. Let me put it this way: when a PG company like the WWE is putting out four twenty t shirts. Nobody should care if people are out there smoking weed anymore.
2: MVP, did you see the the song MVP released asking government to legalize it and everything? MVP did a rap song that got released uh, yesterday. We used to have drug testing at Fightful and then I came on board and Sean's like, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't. We're going to lose Jeremy if we drug test. And then Jensen was around as well. Like, oh shit, I'm going to lose all these guys if we start drug (laughs) testing. So if you're wondering why we don't drug test at Fightful, it's me. Uh, I'm the reason we no longer have drug testing. Right? Well, yeah, thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, yeah, I mean, man, I had to partake in, in my side. This I uh, stay awake for for five hours, uh, or not for five hours. This is how I, I don't stay awake. What am I trying to say? I'm not on anything right now. Uh, I'm on no sleep right now. Three hours of sleep and not enough coffee right now is what I'm on. Uh, but this is how I do stay awake for 24 hours. It's just uh, a lot of coffee. That's what it is coffee everybody nothing else but yes uh where can you sign up to work for you work for Fightful JJ your head of PR yes I ended drug testing just like Cody that's why Fightful no longer has there's a scoop for everybody Fightful no longer has drug testing because of me let's move on to our other Spotlight Steven Jensen yours this week was John Moxley against Will Ospreay from New Japan Windy City Riot we talked a little bit about the the AEW New Japan relationship um earlier and this this goes to your point of like politics involved and stuff here's john moxley beating will osprey on a new japan show so i don't think these guys will have an issue losing a lot of this stuff as long as they have their great matches which this was a fantastic match
3: yeah but they did still have a screwy finish that protects osprey so like that's that's the kind of stuff i'm worried about is like i mean so they had moxley and i always screw up the names of his finishers because they don't they don't always call them correctly on commentary and it changes promotion to promotion but i consider the paradigm shift to be um the dirty deeds like the double the double underhaul, uh, the, right. the double arm ddt like i consider that the paradigm shift and i call it the death rider when he when the he lifting. picks them up yeah. um but people will like they commentary will call We'll call it all paradigm shift sometimes. They won't mention Death Rider. So anyway, I call it the Paradigm Shift, the the, the regular version, and then the Death Rider when he lifts him up. So he hits Osprey with the Paradigm Shift. He hits Osprey with the Death Rider. One, two, three, but Osprey kicked out before three. The problem I really had with this was right afterwards, Moxley puts him in a rear naked choke and Osprey taps out anyway. So it, it just makes it look like no matter what, Mox was gonna win this match. And like the referee screwing up, screwing up, wouldn't have even made any difference that said the match up to that point was fantastic i mean and it looks like they've left the meat on the bone and they've they've uh they've even hinted after and and after the match like uh uh, moxley on the on the microphone was even saying basically they're alluding to this isn't the last time these guys are going to wrestle each other um and i'm really looking forward to seeing it again Um, I know there could be potential hurdles for Ospreay to be in AEW because I think otherwise like they would have already probably figured some way of getting him in because based on his in-ring talent I mean he's one of the best in-ring wrestlers in the world right now in my opinion probably top five of like anywhere in the world Um, and him and Moxley tore the house down also shout out to, to Suzuki and Ishii they had a great match on that show as well. Um, so yeah, I wanted to highlight uh just Windy City riot in general, let people know, you know, fight TV, they gotta get this on lockdown with their with their technical issues. Oh man. Like,
2: it's every New Japan show. I don't know what it is, but like every single New Japan show, there's some type of issues. It's horrible.
3: Yeah, it, it is. And it, it's happened with other companies too. Like, you know, GCW used to have a lot of these issues, but they haven't had nearly as many lately. So the more you know, I don't know who to put the blame on, but I started feeling bad about this stuff. And I said this kind of directly to fight TV recently as well. I was like, look, I recommend these shows to people on a lot of the sh- like platforms that I'm on. And like, there have been people who've hit me up and been like, man, I spent 20 bucks on this and it, like, I can't even watch it. And I'm like, I know, man, like, it's just, I don't know what to say. Like, I feel bad that I'm promoting it sometimes because people get frustrating. They They pay their money to watch it. And then like, you know they're like man i wouldn't have wasted 20 bucks now then again you know you can watch the replay and there isn't those issues because they fix them for the replay but a big reason why you want to pay to watch wrestling is to watch it live um so i needed to call out fight tv for that they're they're, they they need to figure out the streaming stuff with new japan massively they need to figure out with a lot of their stuff but they they really need to figure it out for new japan um but the, the matches themselves – because here's another point with that, too, that I need to bring up. Carl Fredericks, he had that six-man match at the beginning of the show. And, like, a lot of it kept cutting out. And there was people that I knew that I had sold on, like, getting the show because I was, like, watch the interview me and Jeremy did with Carl Fredericks. And they were like, i become a fan of this guy, and I want to watch him. And they bought the show, and, like, half his match gets blacked out because of the technical issues. And it's like – so – that and that's another thing. When you're when you go on Twitter and more people are talking about technical issues than the matches, when the matches have guys like Osprey and Mox and Ishii and Suzuki and these kind of guys involved, and it's like more people are talking about the technical issues, that's a problem. And that isn't and that and that's a justified uh gripe for the fans to have. So, anyways, the rest the actual show though, as far as like the wrestlers involved in the matches, I thought Windy City Riot was a really good show, and uh I think people really need to go out of their way to see Moxley and Osprey. I thought that's a match that that's a can't miss match in my opinion. Same with Suzuki and Ishii. Um, watch those matches. And I, you know, now they've, they've once again left it to where there's a reason for Suzuki and Ishii to wrestle again. And there's a reason for Moxley and um, Ospreay to wrestle again. And, you know, so, you know, as new Japan continues to kind of get hotter and hotter again with this crossover with AEW and, you know, kind of with the, pandemic and everything kind of wrapping up you know it's like there's it's finally time it feels like for new japan to really get back to kind of where they were at with with like fan perception and the stuff that they've been doing outside of the technical issues which once again i'm going to blame more on fight tv probably outside of the streaming issues they've done a lot of good stuff that i think should interest a lot of people in getting back into new japan
2: if they've kind of been out of it for a minute i think this stuff with aew has been great like it's been a big boost to New Japan. The stuff that's still going on in Japan doesn't always hit with me. Like they're they're doing Okada and Naito again, which great match and everything, but I I can only see so much of Okada and Naito in, in this position. It does suck that like a lot of their talent is also in the United States. So they don't have their full uh host of talent over there in Japan and they're only gonna use like they, they obviously have plenty of faith in Okada. They have plenty of faith in Naito. Shingo stepped up. But then, like, after that, there is sort of a drop off, especially with Abushi being hurt right now. It's like, okay, well, who else do you trust in these spots? I'd like to see Hiromu elevated a little bit more in the, uh, in, in the heavyweight division is another guy that like got hurt and so he's out like it seemed like he was gonna be elevated a little bit with the U.S title tanahashi and Osprey they're gonna fight for the. US title that'll be that'll be a great match tanahashi I never have a problem with but again it's another way of like all right older reliable tanahashi just kind of keep going to him uh show is a guy that probably should have gotten a, a little bit more uh once he turned and now I don't know where things stand with him the the house of torture stuff just doesn't really hit with me anything evil does everybody turning on uh god i don't know if tamatanga is at that level they lost all those like multi-man matches and stuff uh a shock mentions kushida i mean he left uh wwe seems like he's headed back to new japan that would be a big boost uh for them whether it's their junior division or if he does heavyweight stuff that would be a big boost as well they're not playing with a full roster in japan right now and that certainly hurts them um and that, that's, that sucks. Like that, that's, that's basically the, the easiest way to put it. It sucks that they're not playing a full roster in Japan, but it does take me out of some of the product that they're, they they do not have their full complement of guys and they're not elevating always like the newer, the newer guys. They're just kind of relying on the people they've always relied on. I, I said it on this show. Like I would have gone with, with Zach Sabre. I would have had him defeat Okada and it didn't happen. And now I don't know where they're going. Was Zach Saber. So I they have they have talents over there. I don't always think it's a, the best booked stuff, uh, especially during like the pandemic era and everything. What they're doing in America though, thanks to the help of AEW, has been very good stuff. Like Osprey Moxley, Windy City Riot was was a very good show outside of all the mired of 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 technical issues. We've got QT and the Nightmare Factory showing up uh on on New Japan. Like that's cool stuff uh you you've got obviously got Suzuki and Ishii showing up that's very cool so I like what they're doing there I think AEW will be a big boost for them moving forward especially in America and then when they can get their full complement to guys in New Japan hopefully they ride that momentum and they get back to the levels they were at pre-pandemic and really pre-AEW when they lost uh Kenny and the Bucks and, and and those guys
3: yeah. <clears throat>
2: yeah. I'm totally with you. And 10 count wrestling says I was about to mention
3: this, but a lot of people <clears throat> are hoping for Zach Saber Jr. and Danielson. Like that would yeah. be, whew. um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that, that definitely needs to be, uh, highlighted as well that they aren't playing with a full roster, um, really either place, but they're, they've been able to kind of like their, their current shows in, uh, in the States have really been helping carry carry them right now because once again, it's we're
2: talking about guys like John Moxley and stuff being involved. That like really Moxley helped. Kingston is on like strong shows. I I, I think Buddy Matthews yeah. is working. I know the show was taped a while ago, but but he's working. Swerve showed up as uh the J Open Challenge thing. Speaking of Shota Shooter, he's back. Yeah, very hyped to see him. But see, he's it seems like he's going to be in America. He could go over to Japan and probably be a, a pretty big player for them right now after this excursion, the same way they brought Jay White in from excursion, they brought him back. Like he was immediately a big player doing the Tanahashi match and then going from there. Shoda could probably be a big player for them, but he's in America right now. And I don't know when he is going to, to get back to Japan. I'm very interested to see New Japan once they have their full complement of guys back and now with a more forged relationship with AEW. It was great to see Moxley and Shooter back. The father son that everyone loves.
3: Yeah, I, I I think it'd be cool if he earned his way into the combat club also. Shooter, sweet yeah. A shark like, just said
2: it showed up for B- BCC. Oh,
3: perfect timing. So yeah, I uh because I think something that could be cool about the the BCC is that like they can kind of be a centralized group in AEW, but like yuda can go do his thing as ROH Pure Champion in Ring of Honor. Shooter can be over in New Japan, like doing stuff over there. Moxley's in AEW, but he's also bounced around the indies gcw that kind of stuff danielson same type of thing and i'm sure danielson will want to get more and more involved with new japan stuff with this relationship so like it's they can keep recruiting members after you know they they earn their way in and then um they can kind of also do their own things in different companies just representing the group all over the place so i i uh yeah, I definitely want to see that. Also, another match that I didn't bring up that I really want to see, New Japan and AEW, just throwing it out there. Give me Ishii versus Miro. That's another
2: oh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that. Just yeah. give me Miro back. I know he yeah. was dealing with the injury, and then he was filming stuff. I want Miro back on television as soon as yeah. possible.
3: 100%. A lot of great great options right now. So, shout out to New Japan. Check out that Windy City Riot show. The technical issues I was talking about won't be there if you watch it now for the replay. Um, so yeah, check, check the show out. It was, it was really good, especially, like I said, Suzuki and, and Ishii was, was great. And, uh, Moxley and, uh, Moxley and Osprey was fantastic. So, yes.
2: Uh, my other spotlight, what is this show anymore without Impact Talk? It's upon us, Steven Jensen, Impact Rebellion on Saturday, Josh Alexander Moose for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. I think we both agree that Josh Alexander should win this match. I think it'd be criminal if Josh Alexander does not win this match. But my question to you is, what have you thought of the build and have they done essentially the bound for glory screw job? Uh, have they done it justice in, in paying it off with how they've built this match and Josh Alexander's journey to, to getting revenge on Moose?
3: Kind of. It's hard to, i i it's not that i dislike it it's that when they put the title on moose the way that they did the end game always had to be josh alexander beating him so like kind of regardless of how they get there the moment that everyone's waiting for is alexander beating moose now that said i mean like alexander's had to go through a lot of stuff and that's the reason they've done so much of this right like him you know being out of contract and him uh, you know being out of the, you know the whole visa thing and then like you know his his family being involved and moose making fun of all of this and just like I, so it isn't that i thought the build was bad by any means it's just like at the end of the day i don't even care what the build is as long as the match is good and alexander wins the title but i part of me is like why do they do any like I, I i really didn't like the way that they put the belt on moose the way that they did um You know, so like we're still kind of playing catch up on that because Alexander becoming the champion, like we already saw. Let me put put it this way the build for Alexander to become the world champion when he did, like after holding the X Division title and having all those great matches and cashing in for option C and winning the title the way that he did. I like that build way better than I like this build for just like Moose versus Alexander for Alexander to try to get the title back. I think that Alexander could have just been the champion the entire time. Um, but I, uh, but I also wanted Moose to win the title. Like I, I had said that for a long time too. It's just the way that they did it and they waited way too long as impact normally does. And they're kind of proving the point again right now. Like they're waiting too long to do to this, to do this for Josh Alexander. Like if, if he wins and you know, he might wind up having a great title reign, but do more. My, my main question for, for impact fans would be, do you care more now about Alexander becoming the champion than you did when he won the title the night he lost it to Moose. Like, and if your answer there is no or it's close, then there was really no need to do any of the Moose stuff at all. You know? So like that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is like I I I think the story pretty obviously is, is that Josh Alexander wins the title for Moose. And once again, if the match is good, that's really all I care about. Good match, right person winning and walking away with the title. But like I like I like the build of just being a great wrestler, defending the X Division title over and over and over again, cashing it and winning the title better than you beat me in front of my kids for this, and now I have to like go through all this other stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling to get back to the title that I lost in the screwy way to begin with.
2: So, how do you feel about I, it? I I think that's a very good question to to pose. Is are you more excited? for josh alexander winning the title this weekend or were you more excited for him winning the title at bound for glory because like you said if it's less or equal then it was it didn't it didn't accomplish the job you should be wanting to see alexander winning this belt getting his revenge on moose and i feel like there's more of a dread that it took this long Uh, of like okay that this is what we had to do to get josh alexander the the championship and everything like why did we have to do this why couldn't he just beat christian and that be that and he gets his moment and we didn't need to do the moose angle because people were excited when he beat christian and took the title like people were very happy with that and then moose got it people were mad and they weren't It wasn't total heat on Moose. It was heat on the company because we know who's making decisions. Time in wrestling has just changed. We've we've discussed this. Um, And now we're getting to this point. And yeah, is Josh Alexander a bigger baby face? Is this going to be a bigger moment for him than just beating Christian? And I'm not sure it is. And I think the fact that it doesn't feel as big as the Christian match makes me believe that it wasn't Totally worth it. JJ says uh, Josh getting his revenge is what's getting me into the match. And I think that is really the driving point more than the title at this point. And I kind of think that sucks because the driving point was the title at first and everybody looking forward to Josh's first title reign. And then it ended in in seconds. And now people just care more about like the revenge on moose kind of thing. And I think that's overshadowing Josh being the champion and to me i'm more excited about josh being the champion than josh getting revenge on on moose because i based on josh alexander's character i don't care as much about him getting revenge for his family when he is when he's just a great wrestler, and that's how he's been sort of presented. I don't think, by the way, I don't think Impact has done a bad job with this story. I think Moose has played his role well. I think they've explained Alexander's position well, especially like leaving the company. He's done well on like social media where it's like, oh, back to like working a regular job now. Like, I think they've done a very good job of presenting him as this family man. This stuff just ain't really my cup of tea when it comes to like getting family involved and things like that it's a little bit different from becky and bianca to me jj because the title was still the thing about that like she took the title from that that and and bianca like she took the title in 30 seconds or whatever it was and that's what bianca was working back towards of oh i need to beat her i'm going to become the champion get the revenge on her like i need to prove that i'm the best that that was a fluke like she caught me off guard type of thing this is very much like family personal I need to beat Moose because not because he took my title, but because he wronged my family. Like that's what it's become with Moose, and that stuff just doesn't strike a chord with me as much as just like championships and stuff. And I don't think they've done it the wrong way. It's just not totally my presentation of wrestling.
3: Seeing, yeah, I I completely agree with all of that. Like with uh, like if like JJ, for instance, like that's. That's great. Like, if that's if that has made you more invested than in like this has worked for you, like storyline wise, and like you are more interested in seeing him get revenge, then in the title is almost kind of secondary to that. That's totally fine. Like, that's I'm just glad you're invested into the match. How whichever way you got invested, like that's that's great. Um, but I am more along the lines of what you're saying, Jeremy, where it's like I'm more concerned about or interested, is probably a better word, about josh alexander as the champion like in seeing a title run from him like i want to see like does 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 this get him more involved with like aew like if they if they have more of a forbidden door thing again going forward like does this get josh alexander's name more out there in the wrestling world as the impact champion does he get to have you know bangers against guys that i've wanted to see in that mix like trey miguel and austin aries or austin aries he's sorry ace austin um uh, Willie Mack, Chris Bay. Like, are we going to see like those guys wrestling Josh Alexander for the world title? Like, that's what I'm interested in. Like I want to see Josh Alexander as a fighting world champion. Cause he's so damn good in between the ropes, like in the wrestling ring that is Josh Alexander's bread and butter. Um, I'm not nearly as interested uh, or concerned about his, his wrestling character as I am that he's just a great professional wrestler. And part of that too, is just his look. The guy's wearing headgear. He's 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 an athlete. You know, we're seeing an athlete. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I don't care nearly as much that he's getting revenge on Moose as I care about like, what does he do as the world champion? Because Moose being the champion, I think Moose looks the part, but the matches and stuff just haven't been, like when you go from like Kenny Omega to like, christian cage to moose like there's been a definite stylistic he hasn't had the best challengers i mean i'm i'm not gonna throw this and right no that's that's very fair i mean and that's but and that's the thing because of the challengers especially the style of match like josh alexander can have just a way more kind of diverse like uh type of match with so many different type of wrestlers like he can wrestle all those X division guys, he can wrestle all those heavyweight level guys. He can wrestle a uh, women. I mean like him and Jordan Grace for the world title I think would be like really good. Like like whereas like Jordan Grace and Moose is just a harder sell I think to like the fan base for instance. Like so I think uh for a lot of reasons. So I I think that, you know, I think I just want to see Josh Alexander get that title and then see what he does with it as champion because I think he could be a great fighting world champion. Um and then There's such a trickle down with that because if if Alexander has a good run of like six months plus, let's say, with with that title, and they can build some credible people around him, like the guys I keep talking about, like Ace Austin and like Chris Bay and like those kind of dudes, then maybe that's how some of these guys really finally get over in the main event scene. Maybe it's going to take Josh Alexander being the world champion, having the matches Josh Alexander can have to, to get these other guys to that level of perception with impact management to, to, to go all the way with other guys too. Cause Alexander is also one of the guys we got to remember. He didn't seem to be figured into really many plans when Ethan page left. That's, that's what we thought. It was like, Ethan page is leaving like the North isn't a team anymore. Well, Ethan page is going to go off and be a star because we all know he he's just I mean, look at the dude and listen to him talk and watch him in the ring. You know, Ethan Page is going to be just fine. What's going to happen to Josh Alexander? And now he's been built to the level where the fan base, they, it is, they are loud about like, we want Josh Alexander as our champion. So he has done a great job since that tag team broke up to get to the point where he's at now. And him as champion, I think just makes it way more likely that other people can elevate to that level with him with that belt. So, um, and but here's the thing, if Moose retains, then this all gets thrown for a loop because then it's like, what are we doing now? You know, because that's also if, possible.
2: If Moose retains, we're never talking about impact again. All right. All right, JJ. <laughs> like we're cutting off all impact coverage from from this show because. I ain't dealing with that company if they can't make one of the easiest booking decisions in history, and they fucked up a lot of booking decisions over the years. This one is right in front of them. Very easy to do. If if Moose retains and they fuck this one up, they don't deserve our coverage. They don't. They don't deserve our words, <laughs> our time, our effort. Stephen Jensen. All right. Fair. Write it down. Write it down, JJ. If 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 Moose retains, no more impact talk on this show. And if you argue with me on this, I'll ban you from this show. You cannot argue with me that. That Moose should win this match or that impact should not be banned if Moose wins this match. It'd be horrible. You cannot defend that decision, JJ. You can't. Thoughts on Slammiversary being in Nashville? I don't know. I might go, but I also might go to SummerSlam. So we'll see.
3: Yeah, I'm on the fence about all of that. Like, cause Nashville's only like three hours from me. So and obviously I used to live there. So like I I'm interested. I, I'm interested in SummerSlam if they do Cody versus Roman. Like if that match gets announced, I'll probably go um there's a there's always an outside chance of me going to to um nashville for impact shows and i, I like that they go there because they have a really good home base there in nashville like there there is a impact fan base in that city and it's way less risky than them going to some like untested city that like they don't usually go to and potentially not having a big turnout or something like they 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 know to expect at least a decent turnout in nashville so i think it all right. makes sense
2: uh indie spotlight Jensen, yours is GCW and IWTV reaching a settlement on their lawsuit. Uh, so this lawsuit, let me, I mean, kind of catch everybody up real quickly. It happened in June of last year, I believe, and it seemed like that GCW was supposed to have a certain number of shows air on IWTV, and it just never happened. So, so here's
3: well, Waldron.
1: Oh, well, so
3: ahead. it was, so it was the issue is the exclusivity. So right. it, it GC, so GCW was already airing. New shows on IWTV, and then they started airing shows without IWTV's permission to other platforms, and that's what right. caused this problem.
2: Okay, there you go. Jensen explained it better than I did. Um, but yeah, and then there was a, a lawsuit filed uh, by IWTV, and then GCW filed in August of last year to dismiss the lawsuit, and then now they have reached a settlement on everything. We don't know how much money was exchanged with all of this. But where where are you at uh, with this, Jensen, as a big fan of IWTV and GCW?
3: Yeah, so I try not to talk about a lot of this as it was happening, because I, I do have like a hand in both of these cookie jars, like IWTV, use code Fight Talk. You know what I mean. I'm always talking about it. Like I, I'm a, I'm a time subscriber and have my own promo code with them. I'm, I very much support what IWTV does. I think I honestly believe that Independent is the best ten dollars a month you can spend on professional wrestling anywhere. Um, just my own personal opinion. They have like seven thousand shows available there for ten bucks, and they run live shows pretty much every weekend and during the week now as well. I mean, it's it's a great service. And I'm also a massive fan of Game Changer Wrestling. They're probably my favorite company right now. Them and AEW are like the two that I look forward to the most uh, that run shows consistently. Um, and GCW has been cool as hell to me as well. I've got to go to some of their shows recently, interview their wrestlers. Like, I, I love Game Changer Wrestling. So I, I love IW, IWTV. I love GCW. So I have definitely... I've heard stuff behind the scenes a little bit as well. Cause I have a lot of friends, especially on the IWTV side that are a bit more in the know than like, that'll kind of tell me things here and there. And I have a few, you know, wrestling friends, you know, for GCW and stuff. So I I've I've heard behind the scenes stuff on both sides a little bit throughout this last year too. And in all honesty, I'm just happy it's over with because at the end of the day, what's going to wind up happening is IWTV is going to get the next eight, or I don't know about the next eight, but over the next year, they're going to get eight GCW shows on IWTV. Um, IWTV was trying to sue them for five hundred thousand I mean, dollars, and half a million, which you know that was a big point of contention as well. Obviously, was like in there, and they even incorporated that into a GCW storyline at one at one point with Smart Mark Sterling threatening to. Sue GCW for half a million when Cardona lost and all this stuff. Like that was all IWTV shade. So like these companies, like it's, it's been one of these things where I was just hoping there would be a resolution eventually. And I think it's the best resolution possible. If I'm being honest, because now as a fan, I don't know about for IWTV and I don't, don't know about for GCW. I don't know who feels like they won in, in these scenarios or if it was just a collective win or a collective loss as a wrestling fan. I love this for a few reasons. one, IWTV is ten dollars a month that's less expensive than me having to spend 10 to 20 dollars multiple times a month for gcw on fight tv now that doesn't mean they won't stop airing those shows on other platforms too but i know at least eight times in the next year it's only gonna be 10 bucks for me to watch gcw for the month which as as a price point i like that better um i i i like I liked the whole partnership between these two before things went south. I I love that I could just turn on IWTV and the GCW shows were there. And I know part of this also had to do with not only exclusivity, but also the um the royalties, like law, like like the in perpetuity. And I think it's been worked out to where. IWTV gets these eight shows, but they don't own them forever. I think GCW owns their own footage, but they have to air a certain amount on IWTV. I could be a little off here and there with some of this stuff, but like that's generally the kind of the overview that I would kind of put out there. Uh for those of you who have followed this or that are just now hearing about it. The main points, once again, they've settled somehow out of out of court or whatever. They've settled this together. There is going to be eight IWTV GCW shows. Over the next year, but I think GCW can still air other places. It isn't completely exclusive to IWTV. There just has to be eight for the next year on IWTV, um, and I don't know if that ends after that eight. That's something I would like to know. Is like it does say it fix- does
2: say exclusive. So it says IWTV has agreed to accept a series of eight GCW live events, which will be shown exclusively on IWTV as well as distributed on DVD and BR via Smart Mark Video. So it does seem like those 8 shows are exclusive to iWTV. But, but, but I guess
3: I maybe didn't word that the best. What I meant was like there's those 8 but like they're not going to just run 8. Like they like like, yeah. like you know what I mean like it'll I doubt the next 8 shows will be on iWTV. It'll be like a show on iWTV then probably something on like Fight, YouTube, yada yada then like but but 8 of the next shows for the next year have to be on iWTV.
2: Yes. Yeah, it says a, it's a, a series of 8 GCW live events. So whatever that that eight might be um we we shall see i guess yeah and once again
3: i got friends on both sides of this and here's the thing the wrestlers i'm glad this is over for the wrestlers because i know that there were some wrestlers that were like having to deal with some some kind of bs politics every now and then where it's like you know, they have to make that decision. Like, am I going to wrestle for this indie company that's going to go on IWTV when like, I'm so closely linked to GCW and they're in this fight right now and stuff like there, it caused some issues for the talent. I believe it not, not, not everybody, but I know that there were some talents out there that like, they didn't feel totally comfortable one way or the other sometimes. Cause they're like, you know, they're friends with people on both sides and they don't want to burn any bridges either. So like, I'm just glad it's over with. And then after this year, I guess what I was saying was like, I don't know after that what happens. Like, is it just this once they do these eight, then like their deal is just up and now IWTV has nothing to do with GCW going forward? Or does this have some sort of option or some sort of extended period where this is gonna go on for years? Like the next few years, we get eight a year. But I don't think we have those answers yet. But uh that's kind of what I'm looking for next, is after this year is iwt and but by the way we have a whole year for them to mend fences too maybe they start putting these shows on iwtv things are going awesome between both sides they just keep it rolling um and that's what i hope happens because once again my perfect scenario would honestly be everything airing for gcw on iwtv I'd, i'd much prefer that than having to buy uh individual shows off of fight um and then also youtube is free which that that was a big that was one of the big things I remember was when they did the Fight Forever 24 hour show for free on YouTube and IWTV was like, this was all supposed to be on our platform. And that was like a big part of where a lot of the the lawsuit money and, and all that stuff kind of like came from, I remember was, was them
2: running all those shows in one day on YouTube, so. I'm glad it, it all got settled and it seems like both sides are happy with whatever settlement is reached um i don't know the the sort of behind the scenes stuff of you you mentioned like people were you know worried about picking a side and and things like that so i'm glad that that doesn't have to be an issue anymore i hope things continue to to work out for for both for both platforms um Regardless, without GCW, IWTV w- was doing fine and putting on great content, having great shows. And without IWTV, GCW was thriving on on Fight TV. So now they're gonna come together for at least these eight shows. We will see what happens after that. Nobody needs to spend money on this stuff anymore either. Like I in IWTV put that in their statement. Like instead of spending money on all these legal fees and stuff, spend your money on better stuff like the wrestlers, pay the wrestlers instead of paying a bunch of lawyers. Exactly.
3: So like you said, like I've said, I'm just glad it's over with. And I, I'm, I am going to continue to be a fan of independent wrestling.tv. I'll continue to be a fan of game changer wrestling. And I hope that they can work together more going forward. Cause it makes it better for me as a fan when, when they're working together. So
2: my Indie Spotlight this week is from Wrestling Revolver's Swerve's house, and it is Swerve Strickland against Athena, formerly Ember Moon. Jensen, I absolutely love this match. One, I don't know why it didn't headline, and then once I saw the closing angle, I was like, okay, I guess I see why it didn't headline. It still should have headline. Uh, but we've seen Ember Moon in in WWE, and you know, unfortunately she, she had some injuries that kind of probably didn't allow her to uh reach her full potential in that company and then booking probably just didn't allow her to reach full potential in that company we have seen swerve now in aew and i think everyone knows kind of what a what kind of big star he could be and how good he is as a wrestler watching this match two people who are very clearly very good friends um and then just going out there and really like selling for each other really putting putting their bodies on each on the line for each other uh ember having a, a bigger base to to work off like like swerve i don't know your thoughts on intergender wrestling we don't have to like fully get into that because mm-hmm. i feel like it could be a loaded topic but we when you see talked it done... about that before Talk okay it, we have we have you're right uh when you see it done like this and when you see two people that are just going out there and just having a, a great wrestling match and really showcasing each other to the best of their abilities uh like I've, i loved it the closing stretch was great if you've not seen this match seek it out that's it yeah seek out this match yeah i thought it was really good as well um
3: and as far as intergender wrestling i i am for intergender wrestling but i also understand like i understand the people i understand both sides of it i'll put it that way um like and i think that it's just done better in certain companies than others like impact wrestling we talked about it before i think you know jordan grace diana Perrazzo um Masha Slamovich like those kind of women I think should be involved in like the X Division title and the world title and stuff because they're they're so good that like they can wrestle anybody um but in like the WWE like who knows what that looks like I I don't know I'm not saying the women are less capable they're actually the the best women's roster in the world collectively in that company but uh fan perception I don't I don't know because I remember when they were they were leaning towards like Nia Jax potentially I know, I know she went to the men's Royal Rumble and then she had that thing with with uh, Moxley very briefly and it seemed like the fan base really hated that idea. So like, so it just kind of, but as, as a fan, especially because I watch so much independent wrestling, I see so much intergender wrestling that I'm just really, really, really used to it. Like, um, like I see Ali cash and Billy stars, wrestle men way more often than I see them wrestle women. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just very, very used to it. Um, that said, this was one of the first times I've seen Ember moon do it. And I thought, it, I thought it was, really good like you said this was a really good match swerve is super over everywhere he's at um he was really over at terminus when i was there live uh, a few weeks or i guess a couple months ago um just this is presence i mean, he just he's just a star, he's a star. you know he's, yeah yeah and i feel the same way about athena like i think that when she left the wwe i thought it was an absolute grand slam no-brainer that she'd be going to AEW. like there's like there's no way she doesn't and i still think that she will um but it is kind of weird how long it's taking and i don't know if that's on her or the company or what but like um she would be on my short list of top available women's wrestlers that i would want on my roster if i've had, had a company i mean she's she's fantastic and and i i love her uh her son or off the top whatever she calls i forget what she calls that um, I think that's one of the coolest finishing moves in wrestling. Um, what did she call that? The eclipse? It, it eclipse? used to
2: be the eclipse. I forget what she calls it now as e, as Athena. Yeah, um, but I think
3: that's a badass move. That's a move that like anytime I show that to somebody for the first time, they always, like that's their takeaway. They're like, that move was awesome. Like, she's the actually first one I've ever seen do that. I'm like, yeah, that's. Like that—that's pretty cool. When you have a one move that's so good that like you can always be over, it, as long as you do this one move. And she has so much more than that. She got a great look. She had a great presence. She's very, very, very good in the ring. Um, and she was heavily underutilized in the WWE system. Like she should have been a main star for them for years. Um, so yeah, it is. Let me put it this way: it wasn't surprising at all that Swerve and Athena had a great match um especially on a show called twerves house like you'd imagine that sort would probably have a pretty a pretty important showing on on that show um and yeah people should seek it out um it's a, I know it's available on
2: youtube i don't know if i should say that or not because i don't know who uploaded it but um (laughs) the the show is available on fight uh, there you go fight tv fight yeah people can go to to fight and and catch the replay definitely
3: don't Um, go on youtube and watch it for free but it it is (laughs) it, it is available on fight tv yes
2: uh, Athena is definitely somebody and a shock says maybe she's getting used to the grind before signing somewhere. She's kind of teased like a, a thing with Jake Cargill on Twitter. So that might, I feel like she ends up at AW at some point. I don't know when, but it feels like it likely she is there. And I think she'll continue doing Indies. I think she just really likes doing Indies. And I think like she's, she likes putting her body on the line in these type of matches. Like she likes kind of doing the, the hardcore style matches. She's not afraid to do, to do that kind of stuff and really, really sacrifice in, in those types of matches. So I think she will continue to do Indies. Um I think she'll continue to do Indies be, because of that. And AEW will obviously be like the, a place for her to, to still do those, do that kind of stuff. And I think she's ready for AEW. I will say, like a knock on her and I think she's even acknowledged this um a knock on her when it when it came to WWE is the defining of her character this is not completely on her like when she would show up I was like okay well who is Ember Moon what what is what is she doing and she was very all over the place I'm not putting that fully on her at all um but that that was probably what held her back is they just love characters and if you're a great wrestler it doesn't mean anything if you can't cut your your silly you know five minute promo um but she was still underutilized regardless and that's not all in her help her out play to her strengths and hide her weaknesses that's something they have a lot of trouble doing i'm happy to see her back on the independent scene and doing well and having fun and having killer matches like this with swerve because he's Swerve is swerve is tremendous and I hope he gets everything that is coming to him in uh in AEW and, and elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And it also it showed a
3: lot that like how how much Swerve had to hit her with to keep her down. Like he did like yeah. all of it, he did the double stomp, he did the uh that kick that he does on the ground where he like lifts, he gets his leg way back. I can't remember what he calls it. I'm really bad with like some of the names of finishing moves, especially when they change names, like when people move companies and stuff, but like um, he did that. Then he finished her with the uh, I call it the Pentagon driver, but it's basically like that double underhook where they like go f- like forward and do like the, the forward roll when you slam them into the ground. Right. Right. Uh, like that's like it took all that to, to to beat her too so like it made Athena look really really good also it was like she really hung in there with Swerve as we would expect her to you know she's she's great but it wasn't even one of those things where it was just like Swerve hit her with her finisher at the end it was like it took like three of his different finishing moves to keep her down and like so I thought it made both of them look really good and I obviously have no problem with Swerve winning the match because you know like we've just said Swerve is you know and honestly I wouldn't have minded if Athena won either because Athena is great as well and um it was sort of show yeah but, but also, i don't
2: think i don't think wins and losses like in this instance mean as much as not at all just you know yeah. building towards title shots and stuff people just want to see great matches and in this case that fully delivered 100 that's that's exactly exactly true
3: so um so yeah good stuff i and i would i would recommend just for anyone who hears this that might be still a little uh hesitant about like intergender wrestling and stuff to to give it a give it a, a shot especially with like wrestlers that you maybe already know that like you're already a big fan of seek out some of their stuff when they when they do it against you know people of all genders because it uh it, it could be eye-opening because for me for instance as somebody who you know watches a lot of mixed martial arts like i and this is a whole rabbit hole that i don't want to get into but like it is not the same thing to me to see somebody in like the ufc octagon like a man fighting a woman in the ufc it it
1: it because i think no, that's what it,
3: that's right. but but that's kind of what it gets compared to i think is like yeah it's, like you know stupid. but it but it isn't it isn't like that it isn't um there there is there is a difference there in, in in what they're doing and i uh and obviously the point in professional wrestling is is to protect yourself and your opponent and um in the ufc it's obvious or mma in general it's obviously to hurt the other person and that's where this conversation gets gets difficult to have because there's a lot of thoughts about whether or not they should be able to do that and stuff and you know we can have that conversation another day but my point is in professional wrestling it's completely safe and i think that uh when done well it can be really 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 good and it really helps get people over also like there have been some matches like uh like Ruby Soho's best match she's had since leaving WWE was against Josh Alexander at uh yeah. at uh
2: well, what I can't remember what company was it Warrior was, Wrestling? I think it was I think so. Well, or Ruby was been... supposed to Ruby was supposed to wrestle um Swerve on this show, and then right. she she was replaced by uh Athena. Right. And then that's
3: and that's kind of my point is like you know, for anybody who might be seeing Ruby Riot on WWE or on uh, AEW and maybe being like Man, I still kind of feel like the verdict's kind of out on her. Like, you know, I was hoping for bigger things for her, or better matches, or whatever. It's like her Josh Alexander was really damn good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and but you'd have to go out of your way to find it. Um, I don't know if that was Warrior Wrestling or what that, that company's like. Uh, I'm, 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 it's on the tip of my tongue. It definitely starts with it's a W W something now, but so many companies are. Anyways, the point is, you know, especially if you watch independent wrestling or you want to get into independent wrestling, expect to see a lot of mixed sex, intergender, whatever you want to call it, wrestling. It was AAW. AAW, thank you. you. Know. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, because you are going to see a lot of that on the indies. And once again, it's helped... For me, it's helped tremendously with the progression of of women like Ali Cash and Billy Starks, you know, and, and a lot of women like that, where I'm like, you see them wrestling men so often, you like, you forget that you're even... It becomes... The idea of it being, of being intergender is just becomes completely secondary because you're just you're just watching two great wrestlers wrestle each other. You're not, even, you're not even thinking about that. Masha Slamovich, let's say she can kick more ass than like a lot of the men that I see. You know yes. what I mean? Like Masha Slamovich, let's say she can kick anyone's ass. Like it doesn't matter what gender she is. Like I want to see her wrestle the most badass people she can wrestle. If that's going to be men, I want to see it. You know? So, um, and by the way, I wasn't always like this either. It took like a lot of me seeing this over and over to be like to really get into it. And I think. I think if uh, I, I don't want to say I was ever against it, but once again, I was coming from the MMA mindset of like this is strange to like no, this is totally different. So, you know, if 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 my mind can kind of be opened up to it, I think a lot of people's could if they if they, if they would
2: just give it a chance. Guys, that's gonna do it for our show today, Jensen. We ha- we had no creator spotlight. Uh, that's on me. I was kind of behind on everything. I on both fantastic. of us. Sick. Uh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the bullet for that one. Uh, I, I've been sick, uh, and then I've just kind of been out of it. Next week, I hope to be full capacity uh, with everything and getting back into the swing of, of uh, more content creation and everything. So we're back on kind of a, a more normal normal operating basis next week. Go check out Sean's interview with Baron Black, though. Uh, he he spoke to Baron Black about uh, battleside Vendetta, which is coming up this weekend. Jensen, let the people know where you're at.
3: I will be at. Battle Slam Vendetta in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'll be there chilling, listening to Pastor Troy and watching some professional wrestling. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I'll be doing, uh, me and Baron set up a, an audio interview for the show too. And I'll probably talk to some other people on there also. So uh, I'll be there live, Battle Slam Vendetta. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area or at the show or whatever, like come, come up and say, hey, I always love meeting people at shows. Um, and to Saturday, I'll be right here youtube.com slash fightful right after impact rebellion i'll be doing the post show review right after uh rebellion ends um and then tomorrow 10 a.m uh myself sp3 degrassi dudes uh someone says we missed the super chat jeremy we'll get that real quick uh oh vance and- blade
2: i'm sorry i'm, vo- I'm sorry vance with blade uh there we go are you guys gonna watch glory pro live on sunday 5 p.m central dan Helsen's first match back and jake something versus zuki on the card i'm sure i'll check it at some point i don't know if i'll be watching it live yeah
3: what platform is that going to be on because glory pro used to run a lot on iwtv and i think they've changed um but I've, i love glory pro i actually i used to make the five-hour drive from nashville to the st louis area for glory pro um i got to see guys like warhorse before his warhorse i got to see dan Housen before he was this version of dan and i got to see dan the dad when he was the millennial danny adams i got i'm very familiar with glory pro wrestling um I'm uh, a very big fan of KLD and uh, and Danny for taking it over when they did, and, and I know Danny's still running with that thing. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's Thanks a streaming on comments.
0: YouTube.
3: Hell yeah! yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll watch that. I don't know if I'll be able to catch it live or not, but I'll absolutely watch it, and I'll uh, I will most likely talk about it on the Fightful Select weekend or podcast, available every Sunday, fightfulselect.com. There you go, everybody. Uh, are you guys on Twitch tonight? Yeah, good call. Uh, tonight it's going to be well. I'll be there gaming. Um, it'll be me playing Fortnite, the zero build mo- mode for Fortnite. So come check that out. That's going to be tonight, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Uh, Joel Pearl will be there too. He can't game with me tonight, but he's going to be on Skype with me. So we'll be you know, talking about whatever with the chat, talking wrestling. And
2: I'm going to uh, try to get some W's in Fortnite tonight. There you go. Uh everyone, go go over to Fightful Overbooked. We we don't have day after dynamite uh, today. Something that came up with Will, but that'll be back um, next week. But content just about every day on Fightful Overbooked. We are we're, we're kind of doing some different things with that. Hopefully beginning next week and in the, the coming weeks. I'm very excited about sort of what uh, Joel Pearl and I have uh, talked about on uh, regarding Fightful Overbooked. So go over there, subscribe to the channel. Leave a thumbs up on all our videos. Watch all the videos, please. Uh, Twitch.tv slash gaming as well. And we're going to try to put more into that. I'm going to get back into things next week, everybody. I appreciate all the love and the support for everybody. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but I'm doing better. And again, hopefully next week, be back in the swing of things. Guys, thank you again. We'll be back next week here at YouTube.com slash Fightful on the spotlight.